Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. are Matt and Annie, for those of you who don't know us. We um, pastor the worship team here um, at Summit, which is exciting. Every day is an adventure. Uh, We are excited to talk to you guys about marriage. We are uh, going on 14 years of marriage this year. It's true. Um, We got married in 2005. Just for some perspective, Friends was still on the air. Like, original episodes were still being aired. What else? I don't even, I can't even remember. I wish we had, like, done some, like, cool trivia for, like, the year of 2005, like, hit songs. Don't tell me how old you were in 2005. Okay, guys? Don't, don't do it. Um, so, do you have anything you wanted to say? We um, we were trying to think of a really cool name for our our oh, talk tonight. We were talking to Dominic, and he was like, "Hey, what? You know, I'm gonna make like a graphic." We're like, "Ooh, okay, let's think of a cool name for for our, our talk tonight." And we came up with things like uh, "What I wish I would have known then." <laughs> I'm like, "That's probably not good." And what else like, did we have? How did I get here? <laughs> Just kidding. We were like, you know, we probably should paint this in a good night. Like, oh, we want you guys oh, to want no, I to get read married. Some of these. I, well, we have I a text have, thread. You know, we were just, we were just making jokes. Did, we we didn't have some good gifts that you know you uh, podcasters won't be able to see, but you know, we've got like marriage. <laughs> what brings us together today? <laughs> I, I was suggesting calling it "Put a Ring on It," um, <laughs> or we thought we could call it "When the Honeymoon Is Over." <laughs> And I was like, forever honeymooners, hashtag. (laughs) You know, it was just really hard to find something that wasn't cheesy, but then, like, also wasn't making fun of it. So we just went with marriage. (laughs) Very straightforward for you guys. Deep, huh? It's deep. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Maybe we should, like, I don't know, pray or something. (laughs) Bring, like, Holy Spirit in here. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I'll just start into stuff, so... Let's just go for this here. Lord, we just thank you so much for this night. We thank you that your presence is near to us. And um, like we were singing, you know us. Um, you, you know us to the deepest uh, parts of us. All, all of our, our dreams, our hopes, and our desires, and um, our, our worries, our anxieties, all the things that we list off that we're stressed about. You know every bit, and you care about every single detail. And um, our joys and um, our struggles, our pain, and our excitements, our anticipation, our hope. You know every part of it, and so we just give it all back to you. This is our worship tonight. This is our offering. And we thank you for the, the gift that is marriage, that, um, that is something that you established from the very start. And as we, we talk about this tonight, Lord, would you just open our eyes to the, the wonder, the, um, the amazing thing of, of marriage. And what it is that you've created. So uh, bless this night, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. And bless this group here. You guys are wonderful. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, 14 years. It's, it's a journey. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of things we've learned along the way of, uh, about ourselves and, and about each other, definitely, and how those kind of work together. And, you know, we're, we're musical and one of the cool things that I actually put way down here, but I'm going to talk about now, is um, picture like two strings on a guitar, right? And and there's like each string has like the potential to harmonize with one another, and it actually doesn't work unless there's tension. And so as you tune those strings and you 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 play them, they they have to have that tension together to be able to make music together and to make harmonies together. And, uh, and that's, that's what I feel like marriage is, is there is this beautiful tension that comes with two people working together. Like you, you guys right here. I love that you guys live in our house. It's, it's, it's amazing to see 
your marriage already growing and thriving. It's awesome. And, and that's, what, that's what I feel like God is, is painting that picture. He, I mean, he established from the start, but also we are, as the church, the bride of Christ. And so throughout um, God's story, marriage is a picture of, um, and, and it's, a, it's something that you see together here on earth that is also a reflection of who we are with God and how um, God is essentially our spouse. It's kind of a, you know, for guys, it's kind of like this other extra thing to be like, oh, I'm like the bride. Okay, sure. You know, but it's, it's, that's because we're just kind of confining it into the spaces of um, male and female on earth. But this is even far greater than that. But it's such a beautiful picture here on earth that we get to have. So, um, yeah, we just thought we would kind of share um, I don't know, about marriage. And, and we started, we met actually um, kind of because we had callings on our lives for worship and we traveled to England because we just were in this adventurous, uh, we are adventurous people, I feel like. And we decided we'd, we'd go to the school and then we connected on, on the school playing and leading worship together. And that was what brought us together, <clears throat> was our passions. And then we had like, long-distance relationship for like two years. I, mo- I moved back to my hometown. If you guys didn't know, I'm from Canada, eh? And so I'm from Toronto. And I moved here in 2005 because after a couple of years, I was like, something's got something's to gotta happen here. It's got to change because buying plane tickets every other, I don't know, every three months or something kind of gets expensive. And, um, but also... I just knew it started to kind of wreck me inside, like something's got to change. And uh, maybe you can tell your part of the story. You said you were going to share a little bit, maybe later on that one. That was fun. <clears throat> Where I proposed twice. That was awesome. Um, He's just way off our notes right now, guys. I'm way off. He's I, like talking about stuff so that we're like down here. And I'm like, look? we've got, I don't we even so know. so many things. Well, we, we thought we'd start off. Let's go back to, is that, oh. <laughs> So that. she I'm wrote like, like she wrote start here at the top. Maybe that's where it's stressing I me said. out, man. <laughs> We're just gonna demonstrate Tension. marriage for you guys. This We're just is gonna all make the minor seventh. That's that's me right now. Just, <laughs> and it's all very good. I mean, it's it's good. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Thanks. You're so encouraging right now. This is awesome. So bringing it back to the page here under start here, uh, we just, one of the things we wanted to start with was like, what, well, what is marriage? You know, it's, today, it's, it's a very confusing thing. We've got a lot of worldviews out there telling us what marriage is. We've got government, for some reason, telling us what marriage is and what it needs to be. And, uh, and we've got media kind of watering things down and... And making things seem really shallow when, like, in comparison, God made this incredibly deep and meaningful union. And, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen it become kind of the norm for people to live together before marriage. Divorce is commonplace. And, and movies and stuff, they, they downplay, like, even just the, the consequences and the damage that can happen with even sex outside of marriage. So there's a lot of things to this word covenant that, we, we thought we'd even start with. And I think, I think part of a, a really important reason that we wanted to, to we're not going to talk about this for a long time because we've all heard this before. If you've been in church, like, you know that these are the standards and these are the things that we do. But the important thing that we just wanted to make sure that we're enforcing that these, these are our standards for marriage. We do wait for marriage to have sex and those kinds of things. And we we do believe that marriage is forever because we see relationships demonstrated for us all over the place. And even though we might believe that we don't agree with the way that certain people choose to have those relationships, it does begin to numb you. And so it's just important for us to reiterate those things. Does that make sense? Like, I know that you've heard this before, and we do not want to be a broken record here, and we don't want to waste your time telling you things you already know, but we did feel it was important to just reiterate those standards and say that, like, this is what we believe marriage is, and to just talk about, like, that marriage is a vow, and it's a covenant, and it's a really, like, it's, it is 
supposed to be an unbreakable thing. And it does, there are situations where divorce happens and, and it's, it's a bummer, but there's still grace and love to cover that. Like we don't want to sound like we're, we're being legalistic in that. But, um, when you see so much of that happening in our culture, it is hard to not still feel that. And so it's just important to, to not let those things that you see numb you, to just remember what is important to you and, and to, to, to find out those things for yourself and, and to understand why those standards are important. Um, if you feel like you have more questions about that kind of stuff, please come and talk to us, any one of your leaders. Those are questions that you want to be asking, and this is the place we want you to be asking those kinds of questions. We don't want you to feel like we're just telling you things and not going to provide you with the tools to feel empowered to like hold those standards. Does that make sense? So please, please ask those questions. Find people that you trust that can answer those questions for you. We are happy to do that. I know Dom and Emily are. Taylor is an amazing guy. Like There are lots of people here that are resources for you. So I think that's really all we need to say about that. But does that make sense? Okay. That wasn't on the page either. It's totally on the page. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I'm on a different start of the page. Oh, it's my turn now, huh? like paraphrasing parapaging whatever <laughs> we're like we're like besties up here you know it's like sibling rivalry um oh wait wait no mm-hmm. you had this really cool thing you were talking about the other day of just how covenant involves like an oath and uh actually just like a few months ago i finally you know realized a green card you know, needs to expire, and oh, look at that, mine's expiring. But also, um, this is my home, and so I recently just got my citizenship here, so now I'm dual. Yeah. <clears throat> and we had this ceremony. I, we went down to San Diego, and there was like, I don't know, like 1,500 people from uh, like almost 100 different nations, and we all were together in this room, and we all stood up and made this oath. And, um, and there was this video... Um, but basically, uh, the president was saying how uh, now I'm regarded as equal with all other U.S. citizens. And that can never be taken away, which is pretty cool. It's like, this is like, I don't know, like an identity shift in some way. You know what I mean? And, um, and that, that taking that oath, like, like signed it and sealed it, it cannot be undone and revoked. And and because of that now, that covenant, this, this new um, citizenship provides protection. And, and so when we're, when we're talking about marriage in a covenant context, that there's this really, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this protection that the Lord has over it, right? So when we, when we make that oath and we say, I do, and make those vows and say those vows, we, we invite in the blessing of the Lord into that, into that uh, relationship. And um, offers deeper levels of freedom and trust in that. So even just just thinking about being a citizen, like I feel like, oh, like that is almost like a weight off my shoulders, like this unsure, like, oh, what's going to happen if I don't get my green card renewed or something? Like, oh, I'm going to have to go back to Canada. Like, oh. And so now I've got like um, like a whole new identity. And when you have the, the union of marriage, it's, it's covered like you've got, um, the freedom to walk in what God has designed marriage to be. And when you're outside of that, you're kind of, you're trying to play both sides. And it, you're actually stepping out of the blessing. And I think <clears throat> there's something about marriage when you're, when you've committed your life to someone, when you have that vow that you've taken, that you've done that whole thing in front of your family, friends, that whole thing. You're now, now we have this, this, unspoken thing where like now I can trust him that his number one thing is my best and my number one thing should be his best and so with us both having that understanding we can trust that that's happening and that actually creates a lot of freedom you don't have to worry about protecting yourself as much from the person that you're married to and and that really does come once you've said those vows there really is something to change that changes when that happens like how many times do you hear about people who have lived together for years and then they get married and then they don't it doesn't like it is something does shift when that happens 
and um, we might not even fully understand it. I think we're learning more and more about what has changed for us um, the more we get into it. But it's it's kind of one of those things where we were talking about like, oh, you know, maybe we should just kind of talk tonight about like if we could go back in time and tell ourselves something, what would we go back and tell ourselves? Would we do anything differently or would we, what would be some advice we'd want to give ourselves? And I was like, you know, to be honest, I don't know that that would be helpful because I think that there were actually people telling us this stuff back then. <laughs> but it didn't connect. Like, it's hard to have a grid for something that you have no grid for. And so you, this is kind of some of that stuff. We realize that some of this stuff might not fully, like, fit into a box for you yet. But maybe someday it'll, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. But And maybe it makes sense today, and that's awesome. We got married really young, so, I mean, I probably, that was probably part of the reason. <laughs> so... Um, but the next point we want to start talking about here is um, free will. This is so important for so many aspects, not just this. This is the reason that there was a tree in the garden in the beginning, guys, because God does not want us to love him because he told us that we have to. He wants us to choose him. And so free will is so important to him, and he would do anything to protect that for us, and that we would always have that right. So I remember when we were at our school of ministry, you know, when you're, when you're kind of in that phase, we, we went on to a ministry school, so you're kind of like not really in the real world, or you're like in this bubble. And I remember there would be days where you almost would like over-spiritualize everything. And I remember just saying to someone one day, like, oh, we're going to this thing, and we're going to lead worship at this other church, and I'm really like trying to figure out to war, like I'm, I'm going to pray about it. And like, I didn't really do this, but, you know, like, it was an example. But, like, they would be like, maybe you don't need to, like, pray about that. Like, maybe God doesn't care about, like, the color of your shirt. You know, like, sometimes you just over-spiritualize stuff. I think that this is one of those things that can get really over-spiritual. But at the same time, like, there is going to be an element. Like, the Lord may not speak to you, open the heavens, and speak to you about your future spouse. This might be something that he's like, you get to choose this. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. But I think that there are lots of um, things that he's given us to look for, and that's kind of some of the stuff we really want to talk about tonight um, to help us like, really make a decision that's really going to help us become the best versions of ourselves, um, to live out the destiny that he's put in us to live out. But really just knowing that this is a choice, that um, that who you marry, like, you get to choose this. It's a gift that he's given you and um, something he's excited about. Can I go off the page for a second? Just part of that, part of that is, like, okay, there there used to be this book that, oh, and, and even just in the church, like, there was, like, always this pressure of, like, the one, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to, like, de-stress you guys with that, you know, because there will be a one, but don't stress about the one right now. You know, when you get to choose, you also get to surrender to the Lord. It's, it kind of goes hand in hand. And, um, and some of the things that, uh, that I, I wanted to find in a spouse, you know, were I thought I had it. And then, like, you know, in our marriage, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's so much more that, like, was was in you that like is affecting me and and making me a better person and a stronger person. So so don't like let's just get out of that box for a second and be able to to be like okay I do have free will in this and and the Lord he gives you guys he gives us discernment in that like he really does when we surrender that and um and as you're looking the you know as as you're you're thinking about who a potential spouse would be. Just think about those who, who would inspire you. You know, there's something about like when, um, when we were even on the school and when we were dating together, uh, we we had plans and dreams of our own, and we realized that like rather than like wanting like to just like lay it all down and be like I'm just about you, like um, we each we championed each other and inspired each other on those things. So. I don't know, there was that story. I feel like that kind of fits in there, but I feel weird about talking, saying that story. <laughs> it's my story. It's your story. I don't um, want to take it. Yeah, so the, for me, like I did, I had a list of things that I knew I was going to need 
for someone that I married. I knew that music was going to be important. Um, I knew that I was going to need to be with someone who inspired me. Um, and needed they needed to have their own dreams and they need and it needed to be apart from me does that make sense um so I knew that that was something that was always very attractive to me someone with their own set of of dreams and aspirations and that kind of thing that I could be excited about something outside of of what I knew I wanted to do as well and um on the school that we we met at we actually weren't allowed to date so we were not dating at this time um I I don't know I, I actually had a boyfriend when we met and um, I don't know if this, I can't remember like at what timeline in the school this all happened. I can't remember if there was any kind of like attraction or anything like that yet. It was November. <laughs> I remember. You do? You, I thought you said I, I, I remember those specifics, but no. Okay, okay. All right, so it was November. So you tell it, you tell it. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> Okay, so we were on the school. We had this guy come. He was like a prophet, and he was prophesying over some people, and he started to prophesy over Matt. And he was prophesying, like, I don't even remember the specifics about what he was saying that he saw over Matt and his destiny and his calling. But I remember, like, actually having a really strong response to the word that he was speaking for Matt. And it was like a, ooh, that's exciting. Like, I was inspired by what he was saying he saw over Matt's life. And I remember thinking, like, I really want to be a part of that. Like, so I was so attracted to his calling. And, I, like, I honestly don't even remember if, like, I, like, had a crush on you at this point. I, it, was, it was just such a strong sense yeah, totally of, like, <laughs> it was such a strong sense, though, of, like, that is cool. I want to do that, too. And it wasn't like, a, oh, I want that for me. Like, it was like, no, like, I'm excited about what he's going to do. Like, I just want to, like, be a part of that somehow. Like, does that make sense? So I think that that's so important because there are times in our marriage where those are the things that we have to fall back on. Sometimes you don't like each other, but then you remember all the reasons. You know, we fight, guys. I know it seems like we've got it all together, but we actually fight. I know we make this look so easy. <laughs> but oh, there yeah. are times when it's like we remember, we remember, and it's not just about like, oh, I thought he was cute. Like, that's just not going to get you through 14 like years. Can one. I tell you? It's not going to do Step one right there. Yeah. No. That's like a hint, but it's not like the whole thing. So, um, and I think, I think for the culture that we have here, if you guys are in this church, you guys are probably on the same page. We are destiny, purpose-driven people, and I know you all, and you are all the same in that. And I know that you guys need to be with people that are going to inspire you and that their calling is going to bring out your calling and it's going to complement your calling well. Yeah, but I think it's important that you know your calling. And one of the things my, my pastor would say is that when you know your calling, but you find someone who you can run parallel with, mm -hmm. that is a powerful thing. Like, keep keep an eye out for that because there are people that like like we and we found out pretty quickly on even on the school that you know we were leading worship together and that was like a real passionate thing that, um in our in each one of our lives and so that you know that could al almost even be a distraction too but we we realized like oh this is what we want to do with our lives together and that works and so you know we it started with this attraction but then also you know, you go to that second level, like, are we compatible? Does this, are, are we, are we askew enough where we're going to end up like this? Or can we run together, even if like we're doing different things, but ultimately our, our callings really do sync up pretty well in our, our, um, in our destinies that, that Lord has, has equipped us with and called us to. I think even in just our like musical abilities, they complemented each other so well. Like, I play the guitar super sloppy, but super loud and with a lot of passion. And I sing really loud and with a lot of passion. And he has he's made me a better guitar player. Like I like the technical side of stuff, and he's really been able to like 
help polish those things in me. And at the same time, like he's told stories about, you know, feeling like he, he wasn't sure how to like move and he's learned to kind of like loosen up and get a little bit more passionate. So we've really complimented each other. He's brought this like technical side that I was just really, really lacking and really weak in. And you challenged me to be bolder and be, be louder, be more confident that way mm-hmm. and not just be this soft, I'm playing the, the thin pick so I'm not too loud kind of thing. I, I want to break a string. I want to make it sound good. You know, and like, I think, just go for it. I think that that's our next one, too. So you're going you're gonna to be looking for someone who inspires you and then also someone who challenges you. I think it's really important. Heck, yeah. Heck, yes. That's that tension. It's like lean into that because mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and with that challenge thing, too, I think we had this conversation once with someone, and they were um, like a – like a couple that we were hanging out with and they were talking about, yeah, I just am worried about being changed by this person. And like, they were really worried about like, almost like losing their identities in the relationship. And I, I was kind of like, but that's kind of what happens. And it's not always a bad thing. It is a bad thing if you start to realize that this person is asking you to become someone that you don't like. That's when that's really dangerous. But like when you're in a relationship, that's where that trust thing comes in. That's why that is so important because you need to be with someone who you can trust that like if they're changing you, it's for the better. And like this is not just romantic relationships. I mean, in all friendships and and stuff that we have, like we're we're changing each other constantly, right? So, um, So that's really important too. Like there almost needs to be a bit of like a fearlessness in that where you can allow people to change you, allow them to affect you, but be aware that it is changing you for the better, right? And that's why having, having good friendships in your life, like what are they saying about, you know, this relationship? Are, are your parents, like, have any red flags? Do your friends have any red flags? Like those kinds of things, like people that have known you since before this relationship started, that's the kind of input that you want into the change that's happening. Does that make sense? When, uh, I, well, so we moved back to our own homes and we were doing um, long distance relationship. And then I went to Bible college for a year. And right in the middle of it, we met up for like New Year's or something and, um, and hung out and then went back home. So we, I started my second semester and I was like not able to sleep. And I started like fasting. I didn't know what was going on. I went home. Um, I only lived like an hour away from campus. So I went and I was like, Mom, Dad, I just need to, like, vent because I don't know what's going on. And I just, like, unloaded, like, all this, like, anxiety of, like, the future and Annie and our relationship. And I just stopped at the end, and I was, like, I was just kind of done. And my dad looked at me, and he's like, well, if you're asking for my blessing to marry Annie, you've got it. And I was like, deer in the headlights. Like, I guess that's what I just did. Oh my gosh, like I just shared like the deepest parts of my heart of like what was going on and I couldn't put words to it. And you just like put a mirror up and, and then gave me like the father's blessing. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this, this is it. Yeah, like when you have like the covering of like family and friends that can tell you. And I mean, I asked like all kinds of people, pastors and friends and um, people that just knew us and knew us for, you know, the, the two years of us being together. And they were all like, yeah which was also fun because then when I proposed it, Annie was like, what? Because I'd, I'd gone there. I had there. the deer in the headlights. <laughs> then it was her turn. Was totally, I that's why I proposed joking. twice because she's like, 100% what? 100% thought it was Got a back down on my knee the second time. I'm like, no, for real. Like, let's do this together. I, I didn't know, you know, what our future was going to look like, but I knew being together and working it out together was, was what we we're supposed to do. So that's a real good lesson. And a thing to just be aware of now, like maybe before you're in a relationship that you feel like is the one kind of thing. Start developing relationships. Start thinking about like who are the people that I want to be speaking in to this relationship. Like when I start to maybe meet, when you meet someone and that's the person you want to have, a, you want to already have in place a group of people that can be holding you accountable, that can be speaking in, that can be saying, hey, I've got a weird feeling about this. People that you trust, like those are, that's that's something to be doing right now. And maybe you already have that. I hope a lot of you guys already have that because that's really important. And that will continue into your marriage too. Like those friendships, like keep, keep them close because then that way you can bounce off 
some things and, and people can check up and be like, hey, how's, how's the marriage going now? Like, how's that going? And have, you know, you'll, you'll see you'll get together with married couples together too and just keep that open, honest uh, dialogue going, you know. Um, I love what you put next because um, in order to, to really like run together, you also need to know yourself. And um, do you want to start off with that? Because you had like... Well, I think that a lot of this has to do with all the things that you want in a spouse, you need to become as well. You yes. need to be that for yes. them, right? Yeah. So <laughs> having your own dream, having your own identity... Like, you need to know yourself, especially if you're going to be able to walk into a relationship, be open-minded about being challenged and changed and all those things. Like, you really do have have to have a strong sense of who you are, who you want to be, where you want to go, and are these things all lining up well? Because when it's God, it, it all clicks, like, right? And it, it's not like you're having to sacrifice, you're not having to settle, you're not having to, like give up a part of yourself that you liked like that's the kind of stuff so knowing yourself is really important and just practical stuff like the Enneagram thing like everybody knows if they're like a seven or four or one do you guys know what I'm talking about okay all the rage um five love languages birth order personality Myers-Briggs like all that kind of stuff it's super fun to do but like how good is it just to know like little bits about like the quirks of your personality and what's funny is like we're both firstborns and we have all kinds of things that like even our, our like premarital counselors were like, um, okay, yeah, you guys are up for a bumpy road because really? like, you know, we know, we know ourselves, but we also know what we really want and what we want to plan. And like when, when that collides together, you really have to work extra at, Making those things Our work. poor kids, because sometimes, like, I'll tell them to do one thing, and then Matt will come in and be like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do that to that. And they're like, Mom told me to, because we're both being firstborns. We're not, like, like checking with each other to be like, the kids are over here brushing their teeth. Is that what they're supposed to be doing? Or are they supposed, like, we just, like, why are you brushing your teeth? You're supposed to be in bed. Anyway, it happens all the time, and we're realizing it's because we're both firstborns. <laughs> we're defying all the odds. <laughs> we find strength together mm-hmm. in that firstborn power <laughs> but it was work y'all the first the first couple years yeah, we won't we yeah. won't talk about it too much <laughs> i mean we learned a lot of lessons in the first couple of years it's very common though people were like oh that first year of marriage uh but then the second year it gets great and we're like oh cool cool and the first year it was like this is pretty legit and then second year we're like i don't even know how to talk to you right now like every time i say something you're like what are you talking about? And we would have to like really work at figuring out that he said, she heard, she said, he heard kind of thing. That was, that was real. I'm write that down. It's, it's for real. It's like one of those seasons where the lessons we learned were so valuable that like you see why it was so important that we went through that, but like, Oh Lord, please never, never. (laughs) I don't don't ever want to go back there. Yeah. I don't think ever will. But we, we took that class. It was really, really good stuff. And, and I'm very grateful for that time in our lives. But, whew. <laughs> yes. Um, the next one is, is loving yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to know yourself. But you also need to love yourself. And, you know, even in Scripture, we, we, we don't know how, how can we love others uh, before we love ourselves, right? How do, we, how do we give out what we can't give what we don't have, right? And so we need to receive even love from like from ourselves, that sounds weird, but really, yeah, be like, well, what do I love about myself? Think about those things. I think also um, it's hard It's hard to accept love. It's hard to actually really love someone well, too, because it's like it's, it's, not, it's not a full love. It's, it's like part of love. Like there's good intention behind it. But like if we aren't fully loving someone from a healthy place of loving ourselves, then it's really hard to love other people well. Um, and so it's like a two-sided thing. It's, it's hard to love yourself and it's hard to, to love other people. Yes. <laughs> um, you go ahead. Um. Yeah, I, I think, you, well, you had, had talked about just being able to receive um, receive love in, in 
sort of the the intimacy stuff, like um, uh, like being known. Like there was there was something that we we had worked through, where I mean, maybe that was probably just about like starting by loving ourselves and knowing like you know like why why would you be so kind to me like that? Like I don't deserve that kind of thing. You know, it's almost like that false humility that can all, actually guard um, and block the love from your spouse. And so that's where you really have to like um, know who you are, how how loved you are by by God first, and know like I am beloved. Oh, okay, so when when they do that, I it's okay. Like I can totally like receive all of those things that um, that you want to um, to say and speak into my life and and love me through those things. And I will be I will be so real with you guys. Like this one was hard for me. Like, uh, and we're not just talking about intimacy in, like, the physical sense. We're just talking about, like, look into my eyes and have a conversation with me. And I, I'm not, like, a physical touch person. So, that's my love language. And it's his lo- So he'll come home from work and he'll want to, like, give me a hug or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm doing something. Like, it's, it, it's, but it, and it is, it's, it's super Acts of funny. Service. But, like, uh-huh. I, it was, like, a legit struggle for me. Like, I have to, like, stop myself and, like, think, like, this is important to him. And does that make sense? So intimacy, and I will tell you, I had no clue. I was 21 years old when we got married. I had no idea that I had any kind of intimacy issues until we got married because I had never experienced a relationship that was this close. There's no relationship with the father. (laughs) Dominic knows what I'm talking about. I mean, I had a relationship with God that was that was very that. intimate, but that had started so early in my life that that was just something that I had accepted and had already just been very comfortable with. But I had no grid for a human relationship that was this close. So that was tricky for me. I am an introvert. And so I like in with a book in the corner and I'm good for like eight hours. Um, and so having to like give up parts of that to let Matt into that for me was hard. Um, so that's how it stretches you because that's a tough one to really understand until you're in that, you know? 24 7 is 24 7. I mean, we live that's like together. all the time. It's all the time. That's like a- <laughs> My mom celebrated her a birthday a few years ago where she realized that she had spent more of her life married to my dad than she had been single. Does, like, at some point in my life, I will be married to him longer than you've been single. I would have been single. Like, that's crazy. Like, this is what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I know. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's doing the math. No, no, no. Stop doing Never the math. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> We'd rather just, you know, let it happen and not think about it. Anyway, <laughs> there's that. Yep. Mowage. Okay, we are getting close to the end. I was going to preface this before we started, but just we were going to have a quick time for, like, questions and answers. So be, like, thinking if we say something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have said that at the beginning. We're almost done. But be thinking of questions if you have them. Or we can just keep doing this. We can just keep talking. <laughs> Stop. Stop with the number crunching, y'all. Joel's got some questions back there. I know it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't putting you on blast. You just had the, your hand up. Like, uh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of did that part. You did. <laughs> Okay, um, so here's what I want to do. I want to also just talk real quick about another problem that we had in the beginning of our marriage, and that was just expectations. And these were another thing that I didn't really see coming. I thought that we we both had um, two sets of parents that were, they, we both have great parents. Mar- I don't know how to talk. What am I trying to say? My parents, parents have a great marriage. marriage. His parents yes. have a great marriage. Yeah. They have been married only to each other, and they, you know, 
that. So we both had great examples, but we still went into our marriage. I don't know if I know I did with a obscene amount of expectations that were just not realistic. And you just realize again, it's that cultural thing that's happening around us that like you're not maybe in agreement with, but you're still partnering with on some level just because you're around it so much. And movies, guys, it just is not real life. You know, like there's some of it, you know, but like just some of the relationships, they don't show you like the full, like, well, what happens? Like the guy gets the girl and then like, okay, let's show like the next day or a few months later where like they have some actual conflict that they're having to go through. Um, so that's another thing that's, that I feel like is a real practical thing to talk about for you guys now, because this is the time where those expectations, I mean, those expectations have been forming for years without us even kind of realizing it. And so for me, I just remember that being a real turning point, like not realizing, you just, I, I just think we just were naive also, just we, we thought we had all the boxes checked, we'd done all the right things, and then we still had a lot of issues with just some of, of those expectations that I didn't even realize that I had. So it puts a lot of pressure on another person when you have an expectation like that. <laughs> so interested. No, 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 it's fine. Um, so I would say that uh, like a very big one for me was that I am very much like my dad. Um, I'm a daddy's girl. He's the one who taught me how to play the guitar, how to lead worship, and I just very much am his daughter. Matt and I have already established that we are two very different people. So I had grown up with my father figure being like one way. So the way that he would like kind of manage and rule the house was kind of just the way that I was used to things going. Matt just has a different leadership style. And I, it took me a really long time to understand that like he was doing the same thing. He was still very much leading us, but in a very different way. And so I had to like adjust my expectation of what it looked like to, and I remember um, actually I, I was meeting with someone at the time when we were going through some of our, um, some of our stuff in the beginning. And I remember realizing that I would still, in every decision that we would make as a couple, I would still kind of like double check with my dad. I'd be like, what do you think about this? And I had to stop doing that. I'm pretty sure he even said at some point to stop doing that. I think, my, yeah, like, that my dad, husband. My, yeah, my dad was like, He's pretty don't mad. look at me, you know, like, and, and I'm so grateful that he was there to help guide me through that. But that was a very real one that like, I mean, I just thought, well, I've got a great dad. They've got a great marriage. We're going to be good to go. But it just, yeah. So mm -hmm. just because he didn't lead the way maybe I, I expected it didn't mean he wasn't doing it. Is that a good answer? And a lot of times, like, people uh, or even our culture makes it seem like fighting is a bad thing. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more of a, a quieter person. And so for me, when we would come into those times of tension and disagreement, I would, I would get quiet and she would get frustrated. And, and there were moments where Annie was just kind of like, why won't you, like, like, fight with me or like say something. And I, I remember even like you had, she had conversations with my own mom about this. And my mom was like, yeah, like that's the same thing with, uh, with my dad was he, he got quiet. So I'm a lot like my dad. And so there were moments where my mom would say to him, like, just say something like, and so I, I learned to be like, oh, okay. So it's okay to like put the gloves on and, and, okay, and okay. go for it. <laughs> See, so that's the thing. It was the mindset thing. Because in my mind, I'm putting gloves on. This is like a, oh, man, this is bad, but I, I have to do this. You know, even, like, there's been times where people were like, Matt, you're too nice. Like, it's okay to be a jerk. I had actually had to shift my mindset from, like, oh, that's, like, if I do that, I'm going to be a jerk. And Annie's like, no, you're just standing up for what you, like, what you think and what you believe. Like, I need this from you kind of thing. And so I would meet her to that level so that we could we could be on an equal playing field rather than me like going back on you like, ah, uh, well, this is bad if I say 
you know, my opinion, if, if I disagree, like that means that our marriage isn't strong. And so I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to get quiet. And, and then she would shut off too. And then eventually I'd be like, well, no, she can't shut off. Like we, we need to resolve this thing. <laughs> and then she'd have her time. So it's, it's this beautiful dance. Of- I think, I think other expectations are things like, um, buying a house, I feel like that's kind of the the model that's put in movies a lot. Like people meet, get married, buy a house, move into this brand new house, like right after the wedding kind of thing. And I remember that was really interesting for us. We like went through a real interesting season where we had to move back in with my parents for a bit. Um, so that was a disappointed expectation right there that we weren't ready. We also got married younger than I had expected us ever. Like when he proposed, I am not kidding you guys. I thought we were like another year or two away from that. I did not see that happening then. And so having to like readjust, like you have to be flexible with some of those things, but you also have to, sometimes like you have to almost like let go of an expectation. Like it's almost like grieving the loss of one trajectory that you saw yourself going on. And that's not bad to be like, sometimes you just have to acknowledge it and just be like, I thought that was going to happen and it's not. We're moving this way now, but before I can fully turn this way and go in this direction, I have to like let this thing go. So it's not going to be bad to have expectations, but it's about how we're going to deal with those expectations when they're not met and how to process through it and how to let it go so that we can move on in a direction maybe that is better. The other thing too is, is that marriage has surpassed my expectations. Like where we're at now has been worth everything that we have been through. And where we are at now has far exceeded anything that I ever thought that we would do together. Absolutely. So we are walking in the fullness of what I felt like the Lord had for us. We have two amazing children. We have a house. He's done it all for us. But we've been faithful to each other. We've chosen each other. There have been times where, I I mean, I just remember in the beginning, there were times where, I'm going to be honest, I thought I made a mistake. I thought I got married too young. And I thought it wasn't about not wanting to be married to Matt. It was just going through these things of like, I don't know if I did the right thing, if I made the right choice. But once you've made that commitment, once you've made that vow, God says, this is now the thing that I'm going to honor in your life. Like he honors our marriage vows. So he says, okay, you've chosen this person. He now says, I'm going to throw heaven behind protecting this relationship. So it's not so much, I mean, I I do think that you could probably pick someone that is going to be a harder fight. You can, you can choose that. And the Lord is still going to bless it and he's still going to be for you and he's not going to turn his back on you, but you might be choosing a harder road. So, um, I don't know how we got there. Sorry. It's a good place. It's a real place. Expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any more questions? Do you guys have any more questions? Or do you want me to keep going? I think expectations can be very polarized in our society where, you know, Hollywood, everything is either like extremely amazing or extremely difficult. And, you know, what? <laughs> what is weird about that is it's it's entertainment but then you know you you got to be real with yourself there's the basics there are the basics that we learned um pretty pretty quickly like buying a house that's not practical i don't even have a credit card i moved from canada and i don't have any credit so step one get a credit card you know things like that let's move into an apartment well i need a job like you know you 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 don't want to adult but there's times where you're just gonna go well gotta put my belt on and get to work you know and and, you know, just coming home from work, you know, going, okay, like, well, we're going to do the basics, cooking and cleaning. Like, there's things that, like, you, you need to work together on that aren't this glamorous thing or this, like, really dramatic thing. And, but there's such blessing in, in finding, you know, how to work together on those things. And, and it, it, we could have had that list. We did a, a premarital counseling book on like, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's the roles? And we're all like, I don't know. We'll work it together when we're married. Like we just wear rose colored glasses for sure. We, we just thought, you know, it, it'll work itself out. But you, you got to think at some point though, that has to be worked out. And, and there are times where we just, you know, had at it of like, okay, we need to, we don't have any food. Like, oh, I guess we'll have to go get groceries, things like that. Just the simple things that um, that uh, you just ha- have to, like, not let your expectations 
be blown out of proportion because of, yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough to just be like, yeah, there's a lot of basics in, in marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Budgeting. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Yes. Lizzie. Oh, Mike, yeah, good idea for that Crux can. How clearly should you know the specifics of God's calling on your life to know, like, how specific should you know the direction? Should it be a general sense of where God's taking you, or would you recommend having even more clear direction on the details of where he's taking you? That's a good question. I mean... It's, it's all about surrendering to the Lord, right? It's, it's all about hearing his voice. I've heard this, um, this uh, one of my professors talked about God's will, and people get really, like he was talking about how we get stressed out about God's will for our lives. And he's like, well, picture, um, rather than like one road that you need to go down that you get so anxious about, am I on this right road? Picture it like the garden. God created a, a garden um, for Adam and Eve. And, and he said, anywhere in this space, you can go. You're totally free to go over to that tree or to go to that brook or to go farm over in that corner or climb this mountain over here. Don't let it be so confined and so restricted. Um, you, you'll know, like, well, in my heart, I really want to climb that mountain. So I'd say, go climb the mountain. Go for it. And Maybe there's a season where you climb the mountain and you go, okay, well, that was just for me. You know, going to England for me was my mountain. It was, I had a relationship, I ended it, and then I was like, I'm going to go across the ocean and go to this school and just surrender everything to God. I'm not going to go find uh, my spouse where so many of my friends joked about me finding and, you know, haha, like, thanks, Lord, because he totally did it, but that wasn't on my agenda in the first place. It was to climb that mountain. And then, you know, something about even um, getting there let, lets you have new perspective. So, you know, say if you did go to the brook or to a farm or wh- wherever you go in that space, you're hearing from the Lord in, in that whole time. And then you can go to that space and then look around and be like, wow, that, that was awesome. What else, Lord? Like, is there more? Hey, that person's also coming along with me. Like, you know, we, we became friends along, along this path. And then eventually we were like, well, this, this kind of makes sense. Let's give it a shot. Like let's, and, and not to be like, you know, throw it to chance or whatever. Like we really, I mean, the three days before we left England, her parents came for our graduation and his dad, her dad was like, I want to meet this guy. I'm going to take him to Starbucks. (laughs) Like, and, and, you know, you get that relationship with even we got our relationship going with our families already, like at the beginning. And you just kind of let that progress and let that grow. And you'll know. I would I would also just add to that with um, as far as how specific I would say not too specific. I, I would I would look at it. I like your analogy. It's it. That's great because it, it kind of breaks it down. I would I've always seen it as um, I feel like the Lord has given me puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. but. I haven't, he hasn't always put them together or maybe two will get put together over here or two will get put together. But like, as far as seeing the whole thing come together, that's his job to put the puzzle that's pieces. A surprise but like things like for me that were specifics were worship had to be, that was just always an absolute. Like I was born to that. If I can't do that, I will go crazy. Um, so there's things like that. But like, as far as what that was going to look like, like pastoring, like had no clue that, and I had to be open to allow that to happen. And I had to like, does that make sense? But um, I think that there are certain, like, pieces that will be very specific. And I think that you'll know what those are. But I, I wouldn't try to put those pieces together yourself. I think that's when we start to force things to happen or we start to, like, talk ourselves into, like, staying with someone. Or, you know, we try to, like, that, that gets a little dicey when we try to put those pieces together on our own. Anybody else? Yeah. Noxie. What does the creative process look like together? <laughs> I don't think we got time. <laughs> Guys, we have a really hard time with this. We're, this is what we are still really learning. You can answer this one. 
Oh, awesome. I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> creative process. Man, that's, that's a really amazing question. I mean, I've got to think about that one, I think. So here's, we're going to just put this into the songwriting context because that's what we know, what we do. Um, we've only written one song together beginning to end. One. We've both written several songs on our own and we've both helped. But as far as like actually sitting down and writing a song beginning to end together, we've only actually been able to successfully do that one time. We have not just tried with the one. <laughs> we have tried. <laughs> And it does not go well, my friends. So we have what we have learned works well for us where Matt will like get something started and then he will come to me and I'll have an idea that can maybe like change something or so it's still very much like a we're co like working on something, but it's still very much like we can't start from nothing and build. We, I think that we we're can, getting it's just I think extra work. Yes, and I think that we actually are getting better at this. But we have had years where we've tried, and that's been really hard. But and we didn't we didn't lean on each other's strengths uh, on those moments. We were like probably firstborning too at the same yeah. time, going like, "No, I think it should be this. No, I think it should be this." And like so, if each one of us brings a starter and goes, "Where? What am I missing here? What could you add to this?" Like I'm gonna give this to you, and I'd love for you to like add your color to that, and then let's just see where that goes and. I mean, yeah, that's a whole whole other mm -hmm. probably talk on that. But that's really just starting with, like, knowing who each other are, what our strengths are, and then surrendering. Like, I'm not as strong at, at this part. Can you bring your strength into that part and then see where it goes from there? Does that, does that answer your question? Does that help? Yeah? <laughs> Thanks, man. I wanted to know, um, A, what song that was. And and B, <laughs> it's and B, in a nutshell. This is a big question, but in a nutshell, how you both go from scratch to an idea for a song like, oh, I write the chorus of the lyrics first, or I actually have the melody, you know, built in me, and then from there, you know what I That's mean? That's a Just, great question. It's a basic, yeah. you know, yeah. it doesn't need to be super. Just a very practical thing. Like, like Annie is so lyrical. She will she will know lyrics like that. And but she'll have like a couple of chords, and I love the the arrangement, the chords that can take uh, take a melody. She'll start with a melody too, so I can kind of hear like, oh, these chords would really complement that. And so that's where we kind of bring things together like that. Our first song was what last year when we made that Easter song. It was the one that we did acoustically for Easter. We're actually hoping to to work on that so we can start doing it with the band. But we just did it acoustically for Easter last year. So usually it was kind I'll of start a with a chorus. And She'll start with yeah, a chorus. It was just yeah. we just did one time, and it was just the two of us that did it. But it was often, easy to like, miss. We haven't done it since. I think often, well, a lot of times she'll bring like almost full songs to me and be like, "I wrote a song." I'm like, "Whoa, I, I have a chorus. Like, I just have a hook that I can't get out of my head. Can't get enough of you. What do I do? You know, that kind of thing. Um, that's really our process. It's pretty different. Um, so I'm curious, did you guys have a conversation while you were dating about like boundaries that you wanted to set in stone for your relationship? And or did you just assume like, oh, we're both Christian, we're not gonna do that? I mean, the the very what do you call it? Like the duh one was like, We are not gonna have sex before marriage. Like that was like yeah. um and and we didn't. And we we actually had like I don't know, I could I don't wanna go on and on. But legally, we actually got married three more months before we actually got married and said our vows and had our ceremony um, because I moved from Canada. We started we actually had to legally be married before uh, or like right away so that I could start my my uh, immigration paperwork. And there were loads of my friends that were like, yeah, but you guys are married now. And we were like, yeah, but we haven't said our vows. And like, I know it sounds like so like, ah, but we were like, no, this is like we are not living together. We are like that was just simply part of our paperwork. And that was where we started from and then, you know, went practical, like what should we not do to let ourselves get there kind of thing. This is also um, we had a very unique situation, too, where we would go months without actually seeing each other. And this is before Facebook, before FaceTime. We would email like dial up guys. We are old. 
okay? Like, like I would, got mail. we would send emails to each other. We'd send one email a day. It was like an essay. It was a doozy time. for sure. But because you had to like do the whole, do you know what I'm talking about? You guys don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? I'm really bad at sound effects too, so that's not helping me. Go to YouTube and put in dial up. Sound. sound, yes, it was bad, guys. So we would write each other an email once a day, and then we would have like a phone date, like once. Unlike a week. the weekend. So I mean, it. it's real easy to stay pure, like. <laughs> but but then it was hard because then we would have these weeks where we'd be together, and that's just not very like that's not a normal relationship. Yeah, we're kind of an edge case in that. We are kind of, a, yeah, we have a, a lot yeah. of things that I don't totally recommend. Like, I mean, long, long distance is hard. Like, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, go for it. It's great. Like, we, we did a lot of things that were, like, tricky. But um, so that, that puts a lot of pressure, too, because then we would be together all day, every day. And so we had to be really careful. And it would, it would because, you know, I would, like, stay at his house. So we did. We had to, like, okay, these are, these are problem areas for us we need to. And so we would start to kind of identify those. Um, just to be real, I mean, that was a struggle for sure. Um, so, but we did, we, we got really specific about like, okay, these are dangerous for us. Like, let's not hang out past a certain time. Let's not like, you know, whatever. And are you talking just specifically dating or like in, in marriage too? Like there, um, I don't know why this kind of popped in my head, but there, there are some things like in our first couple of years of marriage where we realized we would like, when we call this a, a dig where we would like, we realized we needed to set boundaries on like, even just the way we talk to each other because, um, because in this, in this season of like honeymoon tension, like learning how to be married together, there were loads of times where we're like, I would be like, okay, Hubbard, you know, I'd use like her maiden name as like a teasing point because she would do something that was so like her family side of the family's kind of thing. And then she would, you know, say something back to me and we would like poke at each other. It's like, I don't recommend that at all in marriage. Like we still do that, <laughs> do that. but but at, at that, love. We do that in love. I learned that the love language of her family is teasing the love each other. Language of my family. Sarcasm. Yes. Yeah. But so so the the important thing about having those kinds of conversations is they are hard conversations to have and they do take some kind of sacrifice. And is this answering your question? You need to be totally um, honest. Yeah. Yes, to be totally transparent here, guys. Like I think we've already established that we are open books up here, but um you are in those conversations, if you are not dating someone that you can have those kinds of conversations with, then that's probably not someone that you're going to be okay getting married to because you're going to have way harder conversations later on. And there is no hiding when you're married. Like it will find you out or it will create bigger problems later. So you're, you're in your dating relationship with those kinds of things, you are setting this foundation of good communication and having hard, hard conversations and leaning into things and fighting for the things that you both want, like the values that you want. So do we go to nine? Cause it's nine Oh five. Are we wrapping up? Do you have another question? And you said that you're an introvert. Matt, are you an extrovert? Oddly enough, this is seriously something that I've just discovered in the last couple of months. Is that like we were talking about some like extrovert versus introvert, and I was like thinking like, oh yeah, like I'm quiet, I, I'm introverted. And Annie and Gabe Mesa in the back both turned and they're like, oh no, you're extroverted. And I was like, no, I'm an INFJ. What are you talking about? <laughs> And I went to the test, and it went to ENFJ. And I was like, wait, is it possible that you can change over time? Wait, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, that's called growth and maturity. But also, like, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to explain it. But, yeah, apparently I'm more of an extroverted person. I just, you know, like in this case, like I love being together with groups of people. Of course I want to, like, go off and be by myself or quiet spaces. I don't even know if that's answering your question anymore. <laughs> this is the first part. I was going to ask, how is that in marriage if mm. you need your time alone and you need to be with people? Totally. Well, I know like, that's something for me. I'm a very high extrovert, and I get really down when I'm not with people for X amount of time. But I can't imagine what it's like for an introvert to always be with people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like there, <laughs> yeah. So there, I'm really curious on how you guys do that. You really marriage. need to honor each other in those ones. Like Saturday mornings, Annie loves to sleep in. And I want to wake up and be like, let's do stuff. Like, <laughs> I've got a day off. And Annie, he's like, huh? And so, like, thankfully, I have, like, 
you know, a couple of friends too, they'd be like, Hey, I'm going to take my kids out to get donuts in the morning and let my wife sleep in. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Let me go meet you over there. Cause we'll hang out and our, <laughs> wait, you're going to see that in the mic. This is why I had children so that he would have people to hang out with. <laughs> take the children. That's what my mom said. Take them for a walk. <laughs> No, but it, it can, but that is another conversation that we've learned to have. <laughs> but it is another conversation that we've learned to have. And because we have developed like a foundation of love, I can say things to him like, hey, like I love you so much, but I, if you really love me, you will let me have some time to myself. And he's learned that that's not me like not wanting to be with him. This is just like something that I need. Like I get like, okay, okay, I, I can't, I can't. And he, he can, he's like at this point now where I don't even have to say it anymore. He just, he can see it when I'm like getting like, oh my gosh, like I feel like the walls are closing in on me and he can, he can see it. So, but that's taken time, but those are, that's more of those conversations and just, and like being honest and being transparent with each other. Yeah, well, Father, we just thank you for this tonight, God. I just thank you for um, for just the words spoken tonight, Father. Even just just in the joking, that you guys would just know our hearts. That like we really honor, we respect marriage and the covenant of marriage and all that it stands for. And Father, we just thank you for the gift of marriage. And we just pray that you would just, um, for everyone in this room that, that's not there yet, Father God, that you would just be preparing their hearts, that you would be showing them um, relationships, bringing those things, lining up their lives, Father God, so that when the time is right, God, um, in your perfect timing, Father, that they're just ready and that they are set up for success in that relationship, Father. We just thank you for, um, we just thank you that you put us in, in these partnerships and how good they are for our hearts. And we just thank you that it, that it all brings you glory. And that it brings us closer to you, Father. We just thank you for the example that you showed us, Father. Even in marriage, like the, the pictures painted throughout the Bible of marriage is just a beautiful thing. And we just thank you that you, you didn't leave us alone to figure this out, God. That you're with us every step of the way. We thank you for the blessing and the protection that you put on marriages. Let's just, let's just take a minute to, you guys, and let's just think of marriages as in this church. Let's just take a minute to just bless the marriages of this body. We just thank you for the godly examples in this house, Father. We just thank you for the marriages in this church, Father, that you would bless them, God. We just pray for the divorce rates in this church to go down, Father God. We just thank you that you have a hand um, on the marriages of this house and that your protection would rest on them. Father God, that they would just be an example that we would have people to look to, Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord, that as, as we are called to be world changers, that our relationships, our, our, our friendships and our, um, our spouses, all of those would radically change our communities our families our our friendships and uh and that your love your example would would overflow into those places and spaces that your kingdom would come to earth that's what we're here for god and so we love you and we thank you for this time together that uh that we can take a look at this amazing um and and holy um holy thing that you've created it's sanctified and it's holy. And we, we thank you so much for it. We thank you for the destinies that we have, um, that you've placed before us. And we say, yes, we partner with you, Jesus. And so tonight, we, uh, let's, just, uh, let's just say, yes, Lord, together. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having us here. This is a good community. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.